Most businesses today face two major marketing challenges. One, people are overloaded by information. We're talking about four and a half billion pieces of new content every day. And two, people have much shorter attention spans and spend only about eight seconds on anything before they jump onto the next thing. It's no wonder that companies are struggling to get their message heard. The result of poor marketing communications is that half of all new business ventures fail in their first four years, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. With this in mind, Visual Storytelling Institute co-founders Shlomi Ron and Alex Caravallo asked themselves, how can businesses connect more powerfully with audiences? Welcome to Visual Storytelling Today. This is your number one source for the latest and most effective business marketing strategies you can apply today to rise above the noise. From video and infographics to augmented and virtual reality, join us every month to meet notable visual storytellers and discover their marketing insights and stories. Here's your host, Shlomi Ron. Welcome to the Visual Storytelling Today live video show. My name is Shlomi Ron. I'm a co-founder at the Visual Storytelling Institute based in sunny Miami, Florida. Before we get started, I'd like to share a few housekeeping rules. So as you see, this is a live show. So anyone who does not wish to have her or his video feed included, simply just deactivate your video. You can do it by clicking on the video button below. During the show, I'll mute everyone's sound, uh, but you can use the chat box to your right to share any comments or questions. We're going to pick a few uh, at the Q&A segment. Uh, and then at the end of the broadcast, I can, I'll un unmute uh, your audio back so you can actually ask questions with your voice, like a real uh, physical meeting. Uh, the big message is that we'd like to make this uh, show very conversational, valuable, and uh, try to make uh, the best uh, for everybody and also for the future viewers, viewers of this show that's going to watch it, the recording. So before we get started, I'd like to give you some uh, background uh, about uh, the Visual Storytelling Institute. Uh, as you may know, the communication landscape today is really marked by two opposing forces. On one hand, we have a huge content overload. You know, we're talking about about 4.6 billion pieces of content that are published every day. But on the flip side, we also know that audiences' attention span is rapidly decreasing. So according to Microsoft, uh, people pay about eight seconds of attention before jumping to the next thing. So the result of that is that it leaves a lot of businesses struggling to get to their voices heard. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 50% of small businesses fail in the first four years due to poor, due to poor communications. So this is really a massive problem. So now that you understand the context of uh, the challenge we're trying to solve, uh, us here at the, the Visual Storytelling Institute, we are building a new ecosystem supported by the first platform designed to help uh, business leaders uh, combine the power of storytelling with the effectiveness of visual media in order to empower customer lives. And this is important because customer are also struggling uh, under the content overload. They're always searching for value. So we want to bring that value to them. And we do that by uh, conducting visual storytelling workshops where we educate uh, business leaders on how to articulate, visualize, and distribute uh, their business stories uh, using our homegrown nine-step framework. We call it My Visual Story. 
So for more information about ourselves, you can check out uh, visualstorytell.com. Uh, another point of uh, information that uh, for those, those of you here about visual storytelling for the first time, so our definition is quite simple. Uh, visual storytelling uh, is really a marketing strategy that has three conditions. The, the first one is that you communicate to, uh, your message through a compelling story arc, meaning setting conflict and resolution. The second, that you put your customer as the hero of the story. And the third is that you communicate to your campaign or a message through interactive, immersive visual media. That could be images, video, all the way up to AR and VR in order to create profitable customers' engagements. Uh, just you know, this is uh, you are very lucky uh, if you're attending uh, this uh, uh, show because this is our first live show. We aim to speak to a new generation of visual storytellers about the, this newest uh, and most effective ways of marketing. Uh, every month, Alex de Carvalho, my business partner, and I will interview a notable visual storyteller, uh, like our guest today, uh, that will provide you with uh, actionable tips you can apply to your business right away. So now that you have some background about uh, VSI, I'd like to talk about uh, our guest uh, uh, today. So first off, uh, we've all talked about uh, the growing importance of video. You know, according to Cisco, recently they predicted that 84% of internet traffic will be video by next year. That's incredible. So the burning question we all had in our mind is how do you keep audiences engaged when they have such a short attention spans? Right? So that's where our guest today uh, steps in. Uh, and through the serendipity of LinkedIn, we cross paths uh, with uh, Gavrilo Bozovic, uh, the founder and CEO of Swiss based uh, Teleport. Uh, a little bit about Gavrilo uh, he started his career as an engineer and then changed his focus to serve as a creative director at award winning digital agencies. And based on his experience, he founded Teleport with the intention to make video truly interactive. Just to give you a sense of what it really means, uh, think about the last time you watched a video on YouTube and you had to uh, end up clicking, playing and posing a million times, right? So this is a major problem that hurts uh, engagement for a lot of uh, video categories. If you think about educational videos, product presentation, virtual tours, uh, these are just examples of uh, video categories that are impacted by the standard static videos. So I actually tried the, the platform myself and I found the teleport uh, it's completely changed your video experience. You can uh, uh, fast forward, uh, rewind, uh, and really uh, identify different components embedded within the video. So it's really a unique experience. Uh, and according to teleport latest case studies, uh, they show that uh, these teleport videos generate 10x more engagement than standard videos. Uh, teleport received several awards uh, for their work and what is also remarkable is that teleport is also the first Swiss startup to participate in 500 startups this is the celebrated uh, California accelerator in Silicon Valley for context this accelerator picks only 40 companies from around the world so this is an amazing accomplishment uh, uh, great job <laughs> Gavrilo and with that uh, welcome to the show Gavrilo Thanks. Thank you for having me. Excellent. 
So before we dig deeper into the intricacies of the interactive video, I'd like to ask you, how did you get started with video? What was your backstory? Sure. So I've had an interest in video for a long time. I had started uh, shooting short films with friends when I was uh, a teenager in Switzerland already. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't imagine that as um, as a job. As you said, I, um, I studied as an engineer. I started my career as a consultant in medtech, which is a big field here in Switzerland. Huh? And then I moved on to several other jobs and ended up having, um, leading a digital consultancy. So we were doing um, custom digital projects, uh, websites, mobile projects for various companies. And um, in this line of work, several times we had trouble. We wanted to present video in a, in a different way, and we were we were off, we often felt we were limited by the linearity of uh, of video. We wanted to to give a a different experience to our users. Mm -hmm. And um, what is now Teleport started as a project of that uh, consultancy. We, uh, we were tasked by a um, university campus here in Switzerland to create a virtual tour of their oh, campus. Cool. Yeah. Sounds and like so, all the great ideas like Facebook started in universities, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the, the, the task was, uh, was kind of challenging because they wanted to present the, the space, you know, show the, the campus itself. They wanted mm -hmm. to present a lot of tangible information, which would be, you know, what you can study there, what the labs are doing, etc. Uh -huh. They also wanted to present, they wanted to communicate on an emotional level to explain to the prospective students that this is the best place, that they will have the, uh, the best of times for there, because this is very important when you're young and choosing um, university. And so that's where we, we came up with the idea of mm -hmm. um, shooting a walkthrough of the campus, one long video, uh -huh. and make it available as a scrollable video. So the user scrolls as if you were scrolling through a, a website, you scroll through the video, you move back and forth, and then on top of the image, information pops up, which can be information about labs, information about study programs, but also Instagram pictures of the students and videos of the parties and sports, whatever. Oh, wow. so to have a very, very rich uh, visual experience. And I so see. while we were developing that, we realized that uh, it had a much broader potential than just being one virtual tour for one campus. And we decided to, to spin it off as a separate company. And now we have uh, Teleport. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience, say, working with the that Silicon Valley 500 startups, you know, especially coming from a Europe, it's kind of interesting interplay, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially coming from Switzerland. Switzerland is not really uh, famous for its startups. So More for we banking, were right? <laughs> yeah, for the banking, for pharma, yeah. etc. Uh -huh. We've heard, we've heard. I don't know how many times. So you don't don't start an IT startup in Switzerland. You can't do it. There is no talent. Right. VC money, etc. So we still did. We, uh, we started the, the company in Switzerland, and um, in the fall of last year, we were selected by 500 startups. We were one of 44 companies selected among 1,500 applicants. Oh wow! Really, really great. That's and amazing. we were able to to go for four months to the Silicon Valley, uh -huh. where we were coached by the the best people in the world in every aspect 
that makes a startup, be it growth, business development, mm -hmm. hiring, talent, communication, etc. We had access to the to the greatest of people, so it was really a extremely exhilarating experience, and we also got to see the the differences <laughs> between Europe and the Silicon Valley. Things go yeah, I'm sure there's much faster there. Yeah, very yeah. cool. That's awesome. I mean, I'm sure this is a you know, we like to call it in storytelling, uh, the principle of unlikely combinations, where, you know, especially as you said, you know, coming from Switzerland, where it's thought as a banking or a pharma, and all of a sudden you bring a, such an amazing uh, innovation. So that's going to shine right through. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to move on to, uh, and kind of uh, dig a little deeper uh, about a uh, your actual definition and also for the benefits of our audience, how do you define interactive video program? Because I know the space has been around for a while. We know different examples. You know, how would you define and who are the major players in this space? So for me, there are uh, two degrees of freedom that can be opened for a video. Uh, there are two degrees of freedom on which traditional video is, uh, is limited. So first of all, you can allow um, navigating freely through time through video. If you mm -hmm. think about it, uh, video is, uh, is, is passive. You're meant to click, play, sit back and watch one right. image after the other from the beginning to the end. Yep. This is one dimension where we can bring interactivity. Why not mm -hmm. allow to, to fast forward, to go backward, to jump, etc.? Yeah. Another level, uh, another degree of freedom is the depth of information. Mm -hmm. The traditional video will present you one layer of information. If you want to know something more, if you want to, to get more information about what you're looking at, mm -hmm. you can't do it in the video. You have to, to turn to other uh, sources of uh, information. Well, this is also something that can be added to the video. And this is what we're trying to do with teleport, it's to to bring those two degrees of freedom to video, uh, to let people navigate freely through video as mm -hmm. they want, uh -huh. and to be able to engage uh, more or less depending on their interests. Right. So, if we, for example, you know, if we look at the the most standard video format on YouTube, you can pretty much yes, you can add annotation and some interactive elements on top, but uh, the video is fairly static and there's no markers or labels to, to guide you if you need to find yeah. specific information. Yeah, and you were asking about the major players. So if you, if you Google interactive video, there are lots of companies uh, uh -huh. who do that, but they, they, all do, uh, they all do the same thing, which is allowing the introduction of interactive contents on top of regular passive video. Right. Now, this kind of addresses the, the depth of uh, engagement problem, but putting interactive contents on a fundamentally passive medium does not really make it uh, interactive. It makes it uh, rather awkward because when you're sitting back and watching the video and suddenly an interactive mm -hmm. content pops up on top of the video, what do you need to do? You need to quickly... Right pause the video to be able to interact and perhaps you'll miss the element yep. or perhaps it will just come in your way. Right. So for us, adding interactivity on top of video if you have not made the video itself interactive is kind of problematic. Interesting. Yeah, in, in one of the, my research about preparing for this show, I, 
I found that uh, you said in one article, uh, YouTube was created before the smartphone. Today, expectations have changed. So I think that was a fantastic statement. <laughs> and yeah. what do you think is the problem driving this uh, renewed interest in video as a medium for creative storytelling online? So you were mentioning uh, shortened attention spans. I think that's, uh, that's really the, the core of the problem. The problem that we have with video right now, it's, it's the most created, most consumed medium online. But if you look at user retention curves, uh -huh. these are terrible. So user retention curves uh, measure what percentage of the viewers uh, remain as you go on through the video. And you yeah. will have uh, curves where uh, on a five-minute video, lots of people start watching it, but 50% will have dropped off at the 30-second at mark. Yeah. So this yeah. means that the budget that was allocated to producing that video and promoting it is essentially wasted. And it also means that whatever that video communicates mm -hmm. is not brought across. I mean, people yeah. have seen only the first seconds. And yeah. so... There is this big mismatch between the fact that uh, we have never created and consumed more video mm -hmm. and that uh, these videos now are failing to reach their audience, which, which leads to the question, what can we do to improve it? Yeah, to me, it sounds, it looks like, you know, I like to think uh, visually, so I kind of uh, envision this as like an opaque bubble. Each video clip is like opaque bubble where mm -hmm. you can't really see the inside of the video. In order to see inside, you need to go through the entire journey to find what you need. And from that perspective, as you said, it makes people, you know, pause, forward, go back, and, and drop off pretty much. <laughs> exactly. One other point of comparison uh, we can make is, uh, you know, you're, you certainly do remember when music was on tapes. Yeah. And it was extremely tedious to, to find the track you wanted to listen. You would oh, fast yeah. forward and then fast. And basically, this is what video is like. You have a one hour long video on YouTube. Exactly. One particular part you want to, to watch. What it's, do you do? Click randomly on the timeline during 10 minutes to find it. Yeah, that's amazing. It meant to bring it up because, you know, I grew up with this type of uh, video cassettes yeah. <laughs> and tapes. <laughs> And also for, you know, those audio tapes, there was no, it's, it's not like the CD that you have like uh, tracks where you can actually yeah. navigate. It's all buried inside. So that's a fantastic uh, analogy. So just to give uh, our audience a, a better feel now that understand what interactive video is, they got the definition. Can you give examples of, uh, you know, videos that you find uh, really uh, powerful so vid interactive or not but video campaigns that I, I liked a lot there was uh, in um, 2013 uh, liquid nine company an agency called liquid nine made a video campaign for Wendy's so the the problem was the following Wendy's was creating a new burger uh -huh. which was uh, uh, with brioche bread hmm. They were wondering, will people actually order that burger if they're not sure how to pronounce the bread? You know, <laughs> because most people in America don't know how it is uh, pronounced. So 
they made a video, they made videos where they were presenting the, the burger and where the, the actor was explaining you how to pronounce it, but actually he was mispronouncing it. Mm. He was mispronouncing it intentionally because they knew that mm. the videos would be presented on social media huh? and people would immediately comment and say, no, it's right. not like it's really pre uh, presented. Trust me, I speak French, etc. So this, I think, was really, really smart because oh. uh, they didn't think about the video in isolation. They really thought about the ecosystem where the video would be, uh, would be present, and they, they leveraged this communication, this commenting around the video. So this but was that, one. That's awesome because, uh, you know, what you're talking about uh, in our workshops, we typically referred to as a highlighting a vulnerability or weakness uh -huh. in, uh, inside your story. And once your customer or hero uh, express that, it automatically push down the barriers uh, for your audience. They don't see it as a commercial anymore. They empathize much better with the message because they spot something that uh, somebody messed up and they have exactly. something to say about it. And as you said, you know, the interaction here that the, the producer actually came up with, the, the future interaction with the audience is what helped probably propel this uh, success of this, this video. Sure, exactly, yeah. Um, there is another example which I liked, which was actually a source of inspiration uh, when we were developing uh, Teleport. It was a video made by uh, Ibis, the, the hotels. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make a video to present uh, their new bed, uh, that the new, their new bed was the most comfortable. And they made a whole video about an expedition going to some, uh, to install the bed on some peak in uh, South America uh -huh. uh, to, um, to have the perfect night sleep on that particular uh, cliff. And it was really interesting because uh, mm. they created this whole wacky story, right. but they all who uh, gave great character to the different um, different characters in the video. And so you, as you were watching, you could pose and see their Instagram pictures and their tweets. And uh, so access other layers of, uh, of the story. So well, that that's, was, uh, that's uh, an application we liked. Interesting, really fantastic examples. And by the way, if we're going to have uh, links in our show notes for those two examples and other elements uh, uh, that uh, Gabrielo uh, is talking about. Uh, I'd like to move uh, forward and, and kind of talk a little bit about, uh, now that you kind of gave us the context for what is interactive video, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, examples, the players. If you, if we ask you to pinpoint really what are the key elements that uh, are going wrong today in delivering compelling video content, what would you say? The assumption that people will watch it. I think this is really... Uh, <laughs> before, when the, when the content wasn't so abundant and, uh, and people had longer attention spans, you, you could create a video and expect people to watch it. Now people drop off really quickly because they get bored and they want to multitask. Right. And so 
For me, the most dramatic uh, example is uh, the people who make uh, um, ads on YouTube, which are pre-rolls. And you know, on YouTube, for a pre-roll, after five seconds, you can click skip. Right. Mm -hmm. And you still see ads where at the five seconds mark, you don't even know what they're trying to sell you. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you click skip and you're like, guys, you have completely wasted your budget there. Right, uh, right. Some companies are smarter than that. Some companies are doing uh, either very short ads so that you, they are sure that you can, uh, that you will see it. Some uh, people are do, uh, doing ads that have a kind of very intriguing premise. Right. So you are, you are led to, uh, to stay. But I think the big problem is that people don't, don't sufficiently uh, take care about uh, keeping the attention of their um, of their viewership and there was actually there was this book hooked which mm -hmm. which, which was about uh, um, writing technique uh -huh. and the book uh, hooked was saying that you you should hook your audience that right. the first sentence of your book should be a story and that the first paragraph should be a story and the yep. first should be a story so that you know the the, the reader simply needs to keep reading yeah this that that's exactly what right. we keep preaching that you know stories are you know our human brain is is really wired to process information as stories versus facts and, and, and stats because yeah. a story that's been for eons you know the delivery vehicle uh, for audiences to engage and, and consume information and even before you know we're talking about the caveman, you know, the first uh, day he put his hand on the cave wall and that's how he described how his day went, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so exactly. those, those uh, hand stencils started by simple uh, visual stories. Uh, text sure. came 32,000 years later. So absolutely, I think the story, regardless of the technology, the story always wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you think about, I, I, I feel there is now uh, that the, the the written story is uh, is ahead. If you think about people like Malcolm Gladwell, uh -huh. he's an absolute master in this uh, uh, in the storytelling. He's a master in getting people hooked. I don't know that in I. I think video is still is kind of lagging behind that we do, we don't have Enough. as good a technique yeah. to keep mm. people hooked. Interesting. Very cool. So my next question is about uh, how do you really measure success of interactive video programs? So obviously, you know, for the marketers, entrepreneurs in the audience, typically you started video as part of much larger integrated uh, marketing strategy. And you have specific business objectives, maybe awareness, engagement, uh, driving sales, maybe pushing down uh, customer service cost and others. Yep. How do you really measure uh, success against a specific business objective? For me, if like we needed to keep only one uh, metric, that would be number of hours the video was watched, meaning number of viewers time, times uh, average session time per viewer, mm -hmm. you know? If you have uh, if you have a million people watching your video but they only stay for ten seconds on average, 
yeah. your message still fails to, uh, to get across. So this dimension of session time, how long are the people actually engaging with the video? How long are they watching? This is for us the most, the most, important, uh, the most important metric. And this is what is going to turn into, you know, to go into increasing your bottom line, whatever it is. If you are making product presentation videos and people watch them, you will end up selling more products. If you're making educational videos right. and spend more time watching them, they will be better educated and perform better at their tasks. So, so session length is one metric or KPI. What about interactivity? Because obviously that's another factor, right? Of the experience. For me, interactivity is a, is a tool to drive session time because mm -hmm. Saying, oh, I made, I made, some, uh, I made something great, it's, uh, it's super interactive, that's great, but if people don't actually interact with it and don't engage with it, then it's, uh, it's still all for note. Yeah, um, I, was, I was actually kind of thinking about, you know, a, a use case where a user uh, is really clicking uh, back and forth on the markers to navigate, but he's not touching the interactive components. So how would you compare this use case with the guy that, you know, is uh, engaging also in the interactivity? I would give the second use case a, a, a much stronger mark on engagement, right? This is, that's, that's actually a great question. I, um, I don't, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I guess it will depend on the, on, the, on the overall mission then of the video. If it's just to build brand awareness, right. basically just want the user to, to be exposed to your, uh, sure. to your logo. Yep. And for some, some applications, actually interacting with the content may br bring a much higher engagement. Interesting. Cool. So another great question that you probably get a lot, I'm sure, <laughs> is you know, when you look at the interactive uh, video space or video storytelling in general, where do you think the future uh, is headed for a video in terms of style, content, tools? You know? uh, and also, if you can talk a little bit about uh, what are some of the specific future plans uh, you want to take teleport? So we're all about breaking linearity of, uh, of video, of letting you consume video uh, in any way you want. And I think this is one very interesting challenge. It's how do we tell stories once we have accepted the fact that users want to interact, they want to multitask, they're not ready to watch your content linearly. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. the user is free to skip through your, uh, through your video any way you want. How do we still present a compelling story? It's very mm -hmm. easy to do it when you know exactly how the user is going to watch it. When they're not, it's, uh, it's challenging, but then it, it then can lead to new forms of expression. One thing I'm personally very interested uh, uh, about is how, do we, how can we provide a different uh, story at different levels of granularity? So let me explain. Imagine you have a um, one hour long video, uh -huh. but you're able to 
somehow skim through it in a couple of seconds. Hmm. How do we still provide a compelling story to the person who skims through it, who fast forwards in a couple of seconds? Right. And how do we build in extra layers of, uh, of content, of story, if the user stays for a longer time? So you're talking about more how, about how we can compress a video, a narrative into a short time span, but still retain a value. Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, exactly. I because we, if, you, if you think about, if you think your story as, uh, as people thought about mm -hmm. it before, so you create your one hour video and you, watch, you have to watch it from the beginning to the end right. for the story to be understood. Uh -huh. And if a person watches only the five first minutes, yep. you have accomplished nothing. Right. How can this person still understand something? How can the person who fast forwards through the movie still understand something else? How can we build different layers of stories so that mm. every experience is interesting in its own right? Yeah, that actually brings another thought that I've been reading, you know, with the emergence of the machine learning. So the ability to create, in this case, video stories that are customized to specific people based on, you know, million variables of behaviors. And, but the idea is that not only you compress the story, but you also customize it to the interest of the individual. I think that exactly. would be you huge. Branch out. This is also one thing that's, uh, that's uh, very interesting for us is, um, if you think about putting information in context on the video, so allowing you to click on one element of a video to branch into another storyline or go to another yep. video entirely, um, this mission is very close to what the internet was all about, except right. the internet, the, you know, uh, HTML was doing that for text. You could highlight a word and use that word to link to, uh, to another page. Now, for video, it's much more complex because the, 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 the amount of information to parse in a video is much larger than in a text. But I yep. think we'll see very interesting things now with machine learning uh, about that. It will allow us to create semantic maps of videos. Absolutely. And another kind of a follow-up question to this, to the, when we talk about the future of video, obviously the video, uh, the interactive video experience that you are developing is still sit on the two-dimensional video experience, right? Do you see uh, your technology uh, morph into AR or VR experiences? Possibly. VR is something, so 360 video in general is something we have been experimenting a lot huh? with. Mm -hmm. Um, I have strong reservations about 360 videos, especially because of my interest for storytelling. My mm -hmm. concern is that when the viewer has the ability to look anywhere, right. also have the ability to miss everything that's interesting. <laughs> right. Ah. Yeah. And now for, for, um, for a generated medium like, uh, like video games, I mm -hmm. think VR is going to transform them because in video games, you, it's the essence of going wherever you want and looking right. at wherever you want. But 
creating a documentary or a story in a 360 video can lead to kind of, let's say, uh, frustrating experiences where you, you, are, uh, you are watching, but you're actually not watching in the right direction. And then you have to, to go back to see what you, uh, what you missed. Yeah, actually, I saw a, a New York Times VR a video clip the other day. And one, one of the way they kind of uh, resolve that uh, challenge that you're talking about with 360 video is that the video, the camera is actually panning forward to an attention focus. So even though you can, you know, move to some, to other point of interest, the camera in general is closing in on a specific point of interest from the, from the storyteller uh, perspective. So, All right. which is, I guess it's some sort of a compromise, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, but, yeah. yeah. I don't know. My, my, if if I if I if I needed to now uh, uh -huh. predict something, I would say that VR uh, certainly has a large role to play, but in niche applications. I don't I don't think VR will replace a video. Mm. Perhaps we'll get back to that statement in 10 years and laugh about how, uh, how wrong I was. But, right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of which, do you, any specific plans for teleport in the near future that... Uh... Yeah, so um, we are developing the platform in general. So we are, uh, we're working a lot on performance optimization to make the image quality as, mm -hmm. um, as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we are also working a lot on making the teleport creation process uh, as seamless as possible. We want to develop an app to capture video directly for teleport, which will allow annotating the image uh, in a much mm -hmm. more straightforward way. And we want to develop a suite of tools which will allow annotating the video in a very uh, very visual, very immersive way and allowing to collaborate on these annotations right in the image. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, the HD is definitely a great uh, <laughs> advancement, especially, you know, when you want to create a compelling story and the video quality is really optimal, it makes the whole difference. So, no, this is... Yeah, amazing. yeah. yeah. This is the this is this has always been a challenge for us because we needed to develop uh, a new uh, video player and file format uh, for teleport, uh, and data is handled in a very different way. So we had to basically reinvent the wheel, but we are we are getting there. Got it. So I'd like to finish up. I mean, this has been fantastic information, but we want to make it super actionable for our audience. So. If you can think about uh, what would be the top three tips for marketers, entrepreneurs who are looking to create an effective video storytelling experience uh, to capture attention uh, of audiences, what would you say? Like, um, I think the most important thing is to, you said that, the, that, that Microsoft study uh, showed that people have an attention span of eight seconds. The yeah. question is, how do you present your company, your product, your service in kind of, uh, time, yeah. <laughs> of a couple of, uh, of, a couple of seconds? Right. And 
one thing you can do is instead of creating one long video of 15 minutes that people will actually not uh, watch, break it up in tiny pieces and uh, think about how these pieces are going to work together across different media, different channels. Perhaps no one is going to come on your website and watch your 15 minute presentation video. They will see a piece of information on Facebook, a, uh, a piece in a tweet, a piece on the web, etc., and they will build together the, the image they have of your company. Right. The biggest challenge is how do, you, how do you build the communication of your company by uh, taking this into account? So it's really like creating a video from the creation point. Uh, you think about planning a small pieces of uh, videos that you can actually extract and use them as sort of like a tweet you know, size components you can syndicate basically. That's what he's saying, exactly. right? Exactly, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Any thoughts about the, the interactivity itself? You know, best practices? Then it depends. Uh, it depends on what uh, on what uh, what platform you're looking at. Because interact, there is no one uh, one solution for interactivity. When we work with our customers mm -hmm. for teleport, what we uh, what we try to um, what we try to teach them is how to tell a different story at uh, at different speeds. So, for instance, you will see product presentations using Teleport. The goal there is for a user to be able to get an overview of the, the product in a couple of scrolls, so in a couple of seconds, while still being able to go in detail and get detailed information oh, about the features. So the users get different, different stories depending on how they engage with the content. Right. This is one of the big challenges of, uh, with the interactive media. But from your experience doing this for a while now, would you say are there any certain types of a embedded a interactive components that work better than the others? No, that really depends on the um, that really depends on what you're trying to communicate. Mm. What we are embedding on Teleport is any web content. So you know we are embedding files, audio, social media statuses, videos, uh, uh, contact forms. Um, Whatever, and it really depends on uh, on what you're trying to communicate. So, in that college campus example, uh, you scroll through it when you're in front of a, um, of a mm -hmm. lab. Right. You have articles mm -hmm. about what this lab is doing. When you're in front of the the bar of the campus, you're expecting to see Instagram pictures of people I having see. fun. So it's really medium is the message. No, absolutely. So, so, so if you kind of uh, need to summarize, you said uh, when you create a video, always think about how you can break it down later on once you're ready to publicize it because the expectation is that nobody's going to sit down for your entire video. So that's yeah. tip number one. Tip number two is that, uh, you know, consider creating uh, interactive uh, components, but it really depends on your business objective of what you're trying to accomplish. And for example, if you're looking for lead generation, obviously, if you're going to integrate an online form, it will be more important than if you just uh, embed, you know, an extra text uh, bubble, right? 
So obviously this is uh, important. And I would say probably the the third tip that you mentioned earlier is that um, when you measure success of your interactive video experience, you need to check uh, your session length because that's going to tell you how sticky your video content is really. Exactly. And the interactivity elements, again, you need to benchmark it against your business objective to see what purpose they serve, uh, awareness, sales, uh, etc. Exactly. That's great. So before I kind of uh, open up uh, the mic for our audience to ask questions, uh, how our audience can best contact you if they want to learn more about Teleport and what you guys are doing? So you can find Teleport on uh, teleport.ninja. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is our website. I can be reached uh, by email. Uh, my name is uh, Gavrilo, so it's G A V R I L O at teleport.ninja. Wonderful. And we're going to put all this information obviously in the show notes so everybody can yeah. actually get uh, the information from there. So with with that I'm going to uh, unmute uh, our audience uh, Kingsley, do you have any questions, things that kind of uh, came to your mind listening to this uh, broadcast today? Okay, so I think uh, with with that, we're probably going to close now, and I would like to uh, invite everybody to uh, check our website, visualstorytale.com, uh, we're going to post uh, the show notes of this uh, uh, broadcast with all the extra information resources that uh, Gavrilo uh, talked about today from the video examples, uh, his contact information. Uh, we also, he also wrote a blog post that it's really related to uh, the topic of interactive video we discussed today. So there's much more information there. We're going to include it uh, as part of the show notes. And we hope to see you uh, next month in our next episode of Visual Storytelling today. Thank you so much, Tommy. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, don't let your big story wait to be told.